0: This is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, here today with Ken Harris, who's the executive director of the Albany Guardian Society. And we are going to be finding out together, listeners and myself, when we talk to Ken this morning. Welcome.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Melissa.
0: I would just like to start by hearing a little about you. I went to LinkedIn and I see you've spent an entire career dealing with aging people. What just tell me a little about how you got into that. It looks like you started out with a degree in geography and urban planning. <laughs> <That's> what <right. laughs> what got you interested in that particular segment of the population?
1: Well, it's funny how you end up at a place that you do. After all these years, I did want to be an urban planner uh, when I was in school. I went to school for geography back in 82. Um, I, I had a difficult time. It was during the, the recession of 82 to right. find a job in, uh, in, in my profession. Uh, so I took a job in actually um, a, with Unity House, um, and that was with uh, developmental disability folks. Um, and it was a great career. I really loved it. So I've had this thing What is it you
0: loved? Why did you love that?
1: Well, it was, it was housing and, and, um, and human service, which was a, a great combination. You know, if we really look at what's important to people to remain independent and healthy, housing is so important. Um, and it felt good, really, to take care of people and to watch them grow and to thrive and to remain independent. Um, it's been a theme for me for a long time. And, and in some ways, I guess, you know, that it still stays with the geography theme is like, you know, place is so important. Um, and I, I kind of grew from there and really realizing that I, I really enjoyed working with seniors and make sure that they had a, a safe uh, home uh, to live.
0: Yeah, home is really important, both in an emotional sense and in that Maslow's hierarchy kind of sense. You, you need that. And I hadn't thought of it as fitting with geography, but you mean the sense of place that someone has about where they live.
1: sense of place. And yeah. we continue that with Guardian Society. Is um, A lot of what we do is to try to uh, encourage people and to help them remain independent in their homes. Um, our mission is to improve the life of seniors. Um, But we have this real focus on helping people remain independent. Um, We do a lot of educational programming. We've been working on the village movement for quite a bit, for about four years now, and that really is allowing people to remain independent in their homes for as long as possible.
0: Yeah, I want to hear about all those different things you do. I made up a big long list, but can we also just start a little with the history? As we were chatting before the mics came on, I was bragging about our newspaper is 1884, and Ken comes back, well, we're what is it, 1852?
1: 1852,
0: yeah. So, yeah, you have a nifty little video on your website. If you could just kind of run us through it, 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 the, Roots of it are as a temperance society, is yeah. that right? So just it's, tell us a little about
1: your history. It's a great story. Um, it was a group of people, uh, mostly women, um, in uh, downtown Albany. And you have to imagine what it was like in 1852. There were no social services. There were no homes for seniors. Um, if you didn't have friends or family to take care of you, um, then you... Uh, Almost everybody went to what was called the poorhouse, and that was over by Albany Medical Center. By all accounts, a very difficult place to live um, and very unsafe for many people. Um, So there was a group of women that got together, as best as we could figure out, about five or six, and just decided they were going to do something um, for the women that they saw needed help in, uh, in, in Albany. And back then, Albany was the, one of the 10th largest cities in the country, um, but it also had uh, one of the most uh, highest number of breweries in the country. Um, so, so both
0: the, of these have to do with the Dutch heritage, right? Founded yeah, early, and they used sure. to issue ale as a regular kind of payment to the payment. almost slave laborers. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, that's fascinating. And these poor houses are kind of Dickensian, were they? It was they were. Like, they kind of...
1: were, you know, by all accounts, what we've been able to figure out. We um, actually did research on Albany Guardian Society, and we just found out that the poor house is a, is a very tough place to live. So this group of women came together and decided that they wanted to uh, develop and build a home um, for uh, senior women. And they gathered the huge sum of $54 back in 1852, and they started a small home. Um, it was done um, by, uh, ironically, the, the pump station now uh, being built by the, um, the Temperance Society um, <laughs> and, the, and actually the Dorcas Society, which Hi. I had never heard of before I came to Albany Guardian Society, the Dorcas Society. And there was a, it was a, 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 um, a society where people very much like um, you, you have now um, with the Elks or the, the, the Rotary Club that is trying to help people move forward. Um, it was based in biblical uh, story of biblical times. So the Dorcas Society and the Temperance Society uh, built this home, and we eventually moved up to Quail Street. And then, then Quail Street in 1870, we moved up to Clinton Avenue. Um, and the home still stays there. It's a health clinic now. But Guardian Society, it was hard to run the home. We were an adult home for all that time. Um, it was and, a
0: residential place where people lived.
1: Yeah, yeah. About 15 uh, women um, and um, we were eventually being licensed as an adult home through Department of Health, um, but the re- reimbursement rate was tough, and it was hard to keep the home open. Uh, so in the year 2000, um, we closed the home, and uh, we transformed once again um, into Albany Guardian Society as we kept our mission as improving the life of seniors. Uh, but now we do education, information, and uh, our, our mission is still to improve the life of seniors.
0: So, you mentioned you have just a tiny staff. Tell us who is on your staff.
1: So, we have uh, Gina McCarthy, Director of Operations, and Pat Harrington is our Project Coordinator. Um, Then myself, Executive Director. Um, We're looking to hire another staff person um, for next year because we are increasing our programming. um, And we also... I want to get our name out into the community uh, more. I, uh, oftentimes when I talk to people about Guardian Society, I think because we were an adult home for so long, we, we were kind of under the radar. Um, but we do offer these great programming for people at no cost. Um, we have over 100 programs that we put on a year. Some are small at our uh, Corporate Woods um, uh, office. holds about 30 people per class.
0: So how are you funded if your programs are free?
1: We are a not-for-profit foundation, which is a wonderful thing. You know, we, over the years, though, that $54, um, you know, I always tell people compounded interest is a wonderful thing. <laughs> um, because it, it, our endowment grew over the years. And when we sold the home, we decided to take that endowment and um, we're, we're self-funded. And um, we have to be very careful of our, um, of our finances um, but but we're able to put on a lot of educational programs for people at no cost.
0: That's wonderful. So let's dive in now to hear about some of those programs. You'd mentioned in passing the village movement or the villages. Tell us a little about that.
1: Sure. Um, it's a relatively new concept. And I think that, you know, your listeners understand that the senior population will pretty much double um, over the next few years. Um, People by and far want to stay independent in their own homes, Um, but oftentimes they just don't know where to go or how they're going to remain independent. The village movement was started about 16 years ago in Beacon Hill Village. um, In Boston? In Boston, yeah. So... And ironically, it started out very similar to the way Guardian Society uh, uh, started. It was a, a group of women that got together in a home in Beacon Hill in Boston that said they didn't want to move to assisted living or a continuing care retirement community.: and This is a
0: very wealthy neighborhood it in is. Boston. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So they were able to hire staff, and they mm-hmm. were able to, um, to really wrap around services to help them uh, remain independent. Then included transportation, home repair, um, technology uh, uh, classes, which was just starting uh, out in mm-hmm. 15 years ago—hard um, to believe—and um, um, they they did a great job. And you know, it was, they were kind of under the radar for many years until um, so, um, Paula Span did a um, an article in the New York Times. And they highlighted Beacon Hill Village, and then it exploded. Everybody wanted to find out what this, uh, this new concept, this new model was all about, how people could uh, help each other. The basic concept is neighbors helping neighbors. So, And um, that just
0: happens to be the slogan of community caregivers, which sure is, is not the village. It's just sort of randomly helping people that need it. It's an organization that tries to be a stopgap. Isn't that something?
1: It is. And... And Community Caregivers is a great organization. We've worked very closely with them uh, to move forward on, on the village movement. Um, and we think that it's going to be quite successful in the future. We're just starting to get off the ground. Are there um,
0: some geographical – <laughs> I'm very aware I'm speaking to a geography major now. Are there some <laughs> geographical areas that have, like, stepped forward to form one of these villages in, in the capital region?
1: Yeah, so we had started um, a couple of years ago uh, a Capital Region Villages Collaborative. And basically, this is a group of people that come together that are interested in developing villages. Um, and Guardian Society coordinates educational uh, um, sessions for them specifically on uh, village development, like how to incorporate, how to recruit volunteers. And we, we get experts to come in and, and uh, provide a short educational piece um, but the real strength of these meetings is just networking and finding out about villages. So we this, um, this collaborative reaches northern. Uh, there's a, a village in Glens Falls uh, that is great. Um, our and that's group, already up and running? It is. It's been running for a long time. Oh, wow. And to the south, uh, um, Rhinebeck at Home is another great village. Um, I love their concept is everybody has something to give. So all the people that are members of that village are required to volunteer oh Um,
0: isn't that interesting and not
1: all villages have that that concept but really like i really like that concept because you know even people who are housebound can do something and and one of the main benefits to the village movement is really a sense of worth and purpose um, that sometimes people lose um, either if they're socially isolated um, really, the, the village concept is two main parts of it. One is the services part, getting transportation to your doctor or even um, fun entertainment events that not all communities have transportation for, for those types of services. Um, home repair, changing light bulbs and shoveling sidewalk, those things that help people uh, remain independent. The other part is the social and the educational part. A lot of uh, what a village does is coordinate these um, activities and events for people to uh, enjoy each other's company and to uh, foster friendships um, and to reduce isolation.
0: Is there an ideal size for these number of people? You know, that would be. I'm assuming some people die and leave the village, mm-hmm. and so other people step up as they're aging. I mean, is there like a. Uh, a goal for what works best in terms of the size of one of these or can they
1: sometimes it starts out very small oftentimes villages will start out just as a social organization Mm -hmm. you know people coming together going to museums or book clubs and then they grow into add the services component so if it's just social it can be quite small Um, but oftentimes villages uh, are formed as 501c3 corporations a not-for-profit that have a board of directors And one of the main reasons for that is so they can um, obtain outside uh, sources of funding. Um, People pay um, membership dues, and that's anywhere up at Glens Falls. I think it's $20 a year for their dues. And Beacon Hill Village is, is, uh, I think, close to $2,000 a year. So um, a big variance between what the uh, dues are. But usually it's about $300 a year if there's a staff person. If there's not a staff person, if it's all volunteer, the dues can be quite low, like under a hundred dollars a year. Like best bargain out there.
0: Yeah, and do do you find that they work? They make a difference. People actually get to stay in their homes for longer than they would
1: otherwise. Yeah, we we've, we've been doing some research. Um, uh, I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to go to uh, the uh, Village to Village Network is the national conference um, for village villages just got back uh, about a month ago oh where was that it was in uh, san diego california oh
0: how nice that was great so these are across the country
1: across the across Business. the world i sat next to somebody in australia that oh, had a, a village
0: gosh. so that must have been fun to kind of share notes with people from around the world
1: it was great and one of the themes that comes up is this concept really does work you know it keeps people engaged and active but and it keeps people at home too Back in the you know olden days, uh, so I've heard, is that neighbors helped each other out before we got on our our uh, computers and our smartphones, and everybody was tied into technology. People sat around their front porch; they knew each other, and when we got to know each other, helped each other. Uh, and that's really the concept of the village: is to bring people together, get to know them. It also coordinates um, uh, services, so if you need. Uh, a service if you need a ride to your doctor, if you need your uh, sidewalk shoveled, they'll put out a, an email or a correspondence to all the members hey, could anybody help uh, this person well, out? But what
0: I'm wondering is you're talking about that model because the old traditional model, there were young people and old people in the mm-hmm. village, mm-hmm. so the young people could shovel, you know. Mm-hmm. But how do you, you have to hire somebody to do some of those more physically demanding tasks, or they're, you know. If it's all older people that are somewhat fragile and that's why they kind of need help, Uh you can't draw on the younger people because the village is of necessity all made up of elderly people.
1: It is so. Members are volunteering, you yeah. know, and uh, we're fortunate here in the, the Capital District. We have a lot of younger seniors who are retiring from state work, and uh, they're they're looking to That's you know really true. To volunteer. I don't
0: even consider them seniors. <laughs> These people who are <laughs> fifty five and retiring. I
1: guess technically it is. Yeah. You know, I'm a senior yeah. and. Uh, it's uh, how old are you i am um, i'm 60 oh <laughs> wow just turn uh, you don't look 60 uh, so yeah part so of the interview. thank you <laughs> <laughs> so
0: do you have thoughts on your own old age and how you want to live it having spent decades in this field do you have thoughts on that
1: yeah, I'm very excited about this this concept. I I was uh, I worked for Leading Age New York for uh, 15 years, so I was the senior housing policy analyst.
0: Um, tell us about that. It's it used to be the associ- t- Just tell us about that what the, that organization. The long,
1: so the old long title was the New York Association of Homes and Services for the Aging, um, and that is an organization that uh, represents not for profit um, long term care providers, um, including senior housing. Uh, uh, community services pace programs, assisted living nursing homes, uh, and I focused uh, primarily on the senior housing uh, part of it so i've been able to see senior housing grow as it you know as a profession as a place for people to live over about twenty years um, and it's great to see this concept of the village movement because it 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 hits at a point where people are trying to remain independent, but never had really the tools or the ability to do that, to organize together to help each other out. Um, you, when you look at the senior population doubling and the resources for seniors decreasing, you have to really scratch your head and wonder, how are people going to remain healthy and independent in the future? And I think the village uh, movement and the village development um, is really one of the, those ways. There are several um, communities and groups that are coming together in Albany that are trying to um, uh, build these villages um, up in Clifton Park, Shenandoah, Neighbors Connecting, um, received, received funding from State Office for Aging for their startup funding. Um, we have Columbia County, Northern Columbia County, uh, Gilderland, uh, the city of um, Albany.
0: What's happening in Gilderland, we're a hyper-local paper. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, so I've been active in the Gilderland Cares meeting for uh, quite a while now. Mm-hmm. It's a great group, um, yeah. and if uh, they came up with a, um, a directory, which is really worth checking out if you don't know about it. It's on, you can Google it and go on their website. Um, but the uh, Gilderland Cares group is, uh, along with community caregivers and guardian society, are talking about how a village can be developed in the, the Gilderland area. Um, at the beginning stages and um, the way villages work it usually takes about five to ten people seniors who are willing to really uh, form the uh, the organization and become become part of the board of directors and and coordinate this village so that's the the step we're at right now is trying to find that that core group of people to to run the village.
0: Maybe someone's listening. That's fascinating. Well, there's a whole long list of things that I want to ask you about. Some of your other programs. You're partnering, partnering with the Rensselaer Polytech Institute mm-hmm. on um, technology to help seniors. Can you just tell us a little about that?
1: I love that project, it is, it is so great. We have been working with RPI students uh, in the design lab for about 12 years now. Um, and our real focus to this is to um, expose young engineers to the possibility of helping and designing products for seniors. Um, so we started out with a, um, a, a walker that was a long time ago. Um, and most recently... But wait, uh, isn't
0: a walker somebody that's... A uh, walker's been out there for a long time, right? Or is this a special
1: walker? This is a special walker. It had a hydraulic lift. So, oh. <laughs> so people who are you know, having difficulty sitting in a chair yeah. and getting up. Um, it was able to assist people getting out of oh a chair. My. And we got a patent for that. Oh, um, cool. It's still out there for anybody listening that wants to pick <laughs> it up. Um, and uh, I, one of my favorites is the, the Balance app. So, this is where we really try to look at Guardian Society on what technology is going to help people remain independent. Mm-hmm. And we worked with RPI and their engineers. Um, and unbeknownst to me, is that each smartphone has a gyrometer and an accelerometer. Um, which means it can tell where it is in space and time. And there is a test that's been around for many, many years um, that physical therapists and occupational therapists uh, use called the tug test. And it's very simple. They take a, a stopwatch and they tie people sitting, um, standing up out of a chair. You walk 10 feet, you turn around and you sit down, and then they, they, uh, they count how long it took to do that um, activity. And it's been used for years to try to determine how somebody's balance is. Um, what our balance app did is they designed software that got downloaded onto a smartphone. And then people can uh, put that smartphone on their belt when they stand up. And they, they can tell how fast somebody stands up. They can tell when they're walking to that place they need to turn around. Are they listening to the right? Are they listening to the oh left? Oh, my
0: goodness. And how here, are
1: they turning around?
0: And this is already in everybody's cell phone?
1: It's the technology is. So we developed the app that allows to use the technology to, <gasps> to find out how people are in uh, space and time. <laughs> That's and fascinating. It hits really great. Uh, and then, and then um, it downloads onto their phone or it can be read by either their occupational therapist or their doctors. And you could adjust your uh, physical therapy uh, accordingly. Um, or medications, uh, for instance.
0: Wow, that's great. Um, I feel like I better hurry through this list or I'm going to miss some really <laughs> important things. Um, you have a toolbox, it's called, on Central Avenue in Colony. Can you tell us about that? That sounded neat.
1: Yeah, we just moved um, over to Delator by Delatorre Road. Um, and this is a concept that was uh, we found out about in Rochester and uh, oftentimes people who are combining their um, their households or if uh, if the husband dies, for instance, or they're moving to senior housing, people have all these extra tools. And so what this concept is, is we collect those tools. They're donated. Um, Colony Senior Service Centers um, is the one who's the lead agency on that, and we partner with them to open this toolbox. Um, so people donate these tools, we clean them up, and then they're resold. So it's it's really a win-win. It helps people, you know, shed things that they don't want from their homes. It doesn't go into the landfill. Um, people can buy these used tools that are just as good as going to Home Depot. Um, and it really, all the proceeds to that goes back to Colony Senior Services and their Umbrella Program to help people Um, with home repair and to remain at home
0: so can anybody just like somebody listening you can just walk off the street and go into this like a regular store you don't have to be a member of anything or
1: that's right Um, that's great it's it's a great uh and and the tools are always a lot lower price uh than they would be at the big box yeah um and uh they're they're great and functional
0: well another thing that you do is you publish Housing Options for Senior Adults. Tell us about that.
1: Sure. Um, that is a directory that we have been publishing for several years, over 10 years now. And what it offers is all the senior options for um, senior housing, subsidized and market rate, um, family-type homes, assisted living, and nursing homes. It provides the, uh, the snapshot of those programs, both in services and price, so it's a it's a, a popular publication when people are looking for senior housing. It can really narrow down um, the options for you. And we we always said I used to teach the class on senior housing at Guardian Society, and um, there's no substitute for visiting um, each of the places that you're thinking about going to. Always great to do your homework ahead of time, so it's not you don't have to choose like in a crisis situation with the directory. Well, that's
0: exactly it. We had a recent family crisis with my mother-in-law, mm. and you just don't know where to begin to look. And to have a guide like that to start with, that's that's really valuable.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a great publication. We've been um, we've been very fortunate to be able to take over. It, it used to be at Senior Services of Albany. Uh, we took it over a while ago. We published it for free. Um, we It's on our website, but it's also uh, sent out to anybody who asks uh, at no cost. Um, and, uh, you just give us a call and we'll we'll send it out. Well,
0: what has struck me through this whole conversation, we're winding down now, is when you started saying, you know, the staff of three, I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) how is this possible? But it seems like what your organization is about is partnering with Mm -hmm. all different kinds of other organizations, some that you would never think of like RPI Mm -hmm. and just becoming powerful and far reaching that way. That's That's a great model. So do you have any things that are really important you want people to know or any closing thoughts? Our time has just gone so fast.
1: I would just say, you know, we do have a lot to offer. Um, We have over 100 free educational programs, and people... What, what I really love about the job is to watch people leave those programs. Like, um, what
0: are some of these 100 programs? I mean, what kinds of things do people learn?
1: Well, we have a wide variety. Technology is very big. Yeah, introduction to technology, smartphones, iPads, um, and we work with micro-knowledge on that. Um, we have classes on, on caregiving, legal issues, professional development, um, and then just fun things like writing your own memoir and positive aging.
0: Oh, that's neat. Writing your own memoir. Do a lot of people do that?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great pro. You know, so we, we, don't want it. we do the, the heavy stuff, you know. It's mm. like hospice, um, you know, what you need to know, how to choose a nursing home. Um, but we also do the fun stuff, too. We work with Capital Roads and how to garden and, you know, writing your memoirs and um, financial planning. So we, we put out about 100 programs a year, and it's mostly at our, um, uh, at our Corporate Woods uh, office. It holds about 30 people. They're very popular. I would say, you know, sign up right away. Be on our mailing so list. So
0: people go online to find these on your website? That's where they're listed?
1: They are online. Uh, we also send out a catalog for those that are on our mailing list. Um, so
0: people get on your mailing list through the website?
1: Uh, yes, that, they yeah? can. Uh, uh, Albany Guardian Society, uh, www. Or our phone number is 518-434-2140. And uh, we pick up with it. One of the three of us will pick up (laughs) and we'll take down your information.
0: Well, thank you. I kind of interrupted your closing thoughts. You were saying we have 100 programs and?
1: And we would love to see you come to one of them. (laughs) It's open to anybody. They're all at no cost. Um, And we would be uh, glad to see you.
0: Great.